Set your faces to fun and hold on to your buns. Let's talk Star Trek, the next generation. With Charlie and Megan, shut up, Wesley, you're dumb. So come on, set your faces to fun. Welcome back to Set Phasers to Fun, everybody. Episode 19, Charlie. Who would have thunk it? No one thought we would make it past 17. We showed them with 18, and now this one, if it ever comes out. Now this is just rubbing dirt in their eyes. That's right. All you naysayers, <laughs> get out of here. There is a bit of big news, I guess, we can go over at the top in our breaking news segment. Oh, yes. Star- our new segment, breaking news segment. Star news. Uh, so they named the No, wait, wait, show- I got one, I got one Okay Set phasers to news Oh, yes See? Perfect. So the fun part comes later Just we gotta get rid of the news part right up top On brand <laughs> uh, So in the set phasers to news segment today um, They named a showrunner for the new CBS Star Trek television series Yeah, I saw that. His name is Brian Fuller. Uh, He most recently uh, created and ran a little show called Hannibal, which nobody watched except for myself. Uh, And it's great. But he he appreciated you. I'm pretty excited about it. He appreciated Uh, you watching Hannibal. Um, so I'm. uh, That's a good. That's good. I enjoyed that. I think that's a good choice. Brian Fuller. He did Hannibal. He did. um, What else did he do? Did did he do Pushing Daisies? Yes, which I have never seen, and I hear it's a delight. Oh, I thought you loved that show. I, maybe in the future, maybe future me. What am I thinking that show. of? I don't know. That's what I'm looking What's up. What's the show that you used to love that had the lady in it, and she was an alcoholic, and maybe she saw ghosts or something? The show I love that had the lady in it. That's hard. It didn't last very long. Oh, are you talking about Dead Like Me? Uh, no. Or Wonderfalls? Wonderfalls. Yeah, Wonderfalls. What an odd show that was. And he did it. I'm looking here. He did it. That's true. And he worked on DS9 and Voyager, so he's got a little pedigree. Mm-hmm. He appeared on the television program that I am working on currently called No You Shut Up. Um, he appeared on that last year. I'm going to have to go look that up. That's awesome. And it looks like here he, according to IMDb, I'm just looking at it, looks like he wrote the pilot to American Gods, which is uh, the Neil Gaiman book. Yeah. This guy's got some serious geek cred. I'm, uh, I'm into it. Yeah. Dead Like Me was a weird show in that, I can't remember which way it went, but there was somebody who, who created the show who then got fired and they brought on somebody else. And so right. I don't know if Brian Fuller was the fired, for, you know, was the fired guy or if he was the brought-in guy. But that was a show about Grim Reapers at the office. Right. Which is just the kind of whimsical, dark, weird thing that I would be all over. He also wrote um, the Munsters reboot Mockingbird Lane, which I hear was great, but nobody watched it. Wow. Man, Hannibal's really good. You should watch that if you don't mind seeing people's faces sliced off. Um, I do. I do mind. But it's so good. <laughs> Maybe we can watch together and you can just kind of <clears throat> clear your throat every time I should close my eyes. Like right before a face gets sliced um, off. I would say almost constantly. I'd be like, oh, there's a, a bird out the window. Oh, I missed it. Did I miss anything? 
Just there's a big gaping wound where a guy's face was. I guess nothing. I guess I miss nothing. I'm hoping that some of that comes to next generation, where there's a serial killer loose in space. <laughs> do you want a little gore? Does Star Trek want gore? How do we feel about that? And I don't mean Al. I mean, like, violence. Right. I don't know. It's so clean. It next is generation clean. is so clean. Like, when Tasha died, even like she just died of a black spot on her face. It's not like cause yeah. she got disemboweled or anything. Yeah, nobody really... Even when they, like, get like phaser blasted like it's all internal damage it's all very good neat and right. clean they or, believe in beautiful corpses i think or they just get um you know disintegrated like they just dissolve yeah video game style yeah there's no there's no blood that's been set phasers to the news so um i guess we can set our phasers to fun now yeah finally beep. i've just been dying over beep, here beep 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 <laughs> All right. Um, oh wait, no wait. There's more news. Oh, beep 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 beep. beep. Back back to back, the news thing. Back to the news thing. <laughs> there was a thing. There somebody wrote a, a a little internet article about like the best new podcast about Star Trek: The Next Generation, and I was like, oh, finally, Charlie and I are getting the credit that we so richly deserve. Mm-hmm. But boy, was my face red. And not because somebody sliced it off. Yeah. Uh, Turns out, it was some other podcast. Yeah, it's called uh, The Greatest Generation, um, hosted by two gentlemen. That's cute, because they got a little, like, 1940s... And their tagline is, to a podcast about Next Generation by two guys who are embarrassed to have a podcast about Next Generation. And that's oh, where I think so our stylistic difference is, because you and I are past the point of caring about... <laughs> Uh, embarrassment. I gave that up long ago. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I found it inconvenient. <laughs> it's like, if you're in a constant state of something, why it begins? Right. It stops being a state. It's just how you how things are. It's just how things are. Yeah. That's right. It just stops being a surprise. Like what? I'm making a jackass out of myself. Maybe. I just am a jackass, and occasionally make a human out of myself. <laughs> Correct. That's how. That's how I operate. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hee haw. Uh, welcome, Ben and Adam, hosts of uh, Greatest Generation. Uh, now they also they take a. They are reviewing each episode by episode, like they're giving recaps and they're talking about the, um, the state of the show. Uh, as it goes along. They are starting at the beginning, so it is rough seas. Um, wow. And, yeah. So it's, if you're, if you're, Jenna, this might be great for you because you're so fresh on the early ones, uh, but nobody else should be interested in those. <laughs> but you're just not to say you shouldn't be interested in their podcasts, by all means. That's correct. But There's plenty of room in this toilet bowl for all the turds. I was listening to it, and I was reminded about the episode, the super racist episode, uh, where Yar gets kidnapped by the planet Africa. Oh, yeah. About the vaccine. Um, Yikes. Man. Oh, boy. And, like, all the women have to fight, and you're just like, I'm uncomfortable on, like, eight levels. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm glad that that, and, like, I watched it just to refreshed and man data is like totally different like he just uh, it's just a 
Data still they're still wearing those bellhop uniforms with the little piping around the collar. Yeah, and they have the front zipper. Yeah. But but I will say Wesley's sweater game in that early in those early ones is on point. Yeah, I mean, top notch. A, I'm gonna say two sizes too big for him, with like 3D <laughs> printing on it. Like it is so. It's got ridges. It's it's amazing. <laughs> He's got that one that's the color of rust. Yeah. That's my favorite. I want to say he was wearing a green ribbed, you know, chunky sweater with yeah. two-tone pants where one leg was <laughs> slightly different color than the other one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you got to have lots of room in the sweater for his giant Adam's apple that is going to be appearing any day. That's right. In those season one episodes. Uh, I believe that the nanites rode around in his sweater folds. (laughs) (laughs) We will start a new yarn colony. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Wesley's sweater nanite yarn colony. We require relocation. All right. Um, now let's set phasers to listener mail. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, Jenna is really progressing in her, uh, her thing, her, her I journey. I should say... If there are any first-time listeners, Jenna is um, official friend of this podcast. That's correct. Super listener, Jenna. Uh, we have a core group of, of set, phaser to f- set Phaser to fans, <laughs> and uh, we appreciate them. I just give you a joke and you run with it. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Jenna writes in. Um, boy, she's written in a lot. Let's see. She's got a lot to say. All right. So uh, a couple days ago, she tweeted us, um, and it's a screen grab of Riker, and he is, uh, it's the Night Terrors episode. So uh, Jenna's watching Night Terrors, uh, which is where nobody can sleep because the aliens are sending mind alarms through the thing. Remember this? Yeah. And everyone Uh, goes crazy. uh, Jenna brings up a, a photo of Riker sleeping, which begs the question, could they not sleep because of the alien alarm clock or because they sleep on sequined pillows? <laughs> and, you know, we see Picard lounging in his shorty pajamas in his quarters sometimes, and I don't ever remember seeing a sequined pillow. I remember the sequined pillows and thinking they were maybe like some kind of like thermal heat. Like, in the future, we'll all have like solar blankets. Right. Only we're in space. So, yeah. Maybe but ship- now I just think that Riker just has pizzazz. <laughs> I it- just think he he's stocked up at like Space Bath and Beyond or something. Did a young Megan Gogarty think? Go. Did a young Megan Gogarty think, man, if only I could lay next to Riker on that secret pillow? <laughs> no, no I, I thought he was gross. It was not until middle-aged Megan okay. started waking up to Riker. <laughs> Teenage Megan was like, yuck, dad, gross. (laughs) (laughs) 
middle-aged maggot is like, Riker, sit next to me and bring your sequined blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, so the other thing about the sequin pillow is that later on you're going to find all sorts of silver lame slash sequined things on the Enterprise. Um, I just watched that episode, uh, uh, Next Phase, I think it's called, where Jordy and Ro get trapped in an alternate not dimension, but like they're they're on the Enterprise, but nobody can see them or hear them. Yeah, they're out of phase. They're out of phase. And Ro runs through a guy's or a lady's quarters and she is wearing a like a silver towel. Which doesn't seem to be very absorbent. It's where she all she shops at Space Bath and Beyond too. Yeah. When you check in your quarters, there's just a pair of shorty pajamas and a silver towel. That's right. (laughs) Also, that episode's hilarious. Like, they're like, what if she ran through a lady's quarters and the lady was toweling herself off? Like, it's just so ridiculous. (laughs) Like she should, they should run through a lady's quarters, and she should be like picking her nose and playing the banjo. Like that's actually more, right? Like as just as likely. Like in a pair of ratty old pajamas. Yeah, toweling yourself off with a space glamour towel. Complaining about her commanding officer to (laughs) whoever. She should be cutting her corns and watching like soap operas. Um, Well, in the future, I think these have been all these problems have been eliminated. Oh, the corn cutting? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what the towel does. It's like an abrasive. It, it exfoliates you. Sure. Maybe. Like, maybe one side's exfoliating, the other side's moisturizing. Maybe that's why they have the shiniest skin in space. <laughs> oh... Now, they show Troy, like, combing her hair sometimes. She does have a lot of hair to comb. But they never show her brushing her teeth or putting on her very dramatic eye makeup. Nobody ever is shown brushing their teeth. Yeah. Do you suppose they just, like, transport the plaque off their teeth at periodical... I think they have mouth nanites. (laughs) (laughs) Let's uh, make sure everything's going okay. No, no, it's like, this job stinks. We gotta get back to the yarn colony. <laughs> what a rough day at the office. <laughs> Wharf's mouth is a disaster zone. Jordy is such a nerd. <laughs> Listen, when the nanites are calling you a nerd, it's that's some that cuts deep. Oh, Jordy. Oh, you know who should have run through the Jordy should have run through the lady that he's toweling off. That's he who. missed his opportunity. Like that's a hundred percent what he'd be doing. <laughs> he wouldn't be worried about like stopping the warp core breach or whatever. He would be running, checking out ladies. He's my opportunity to see a naked lady. <laughs> Don't do it, Jordy. <laughs> I wonder what Instant Sonia Gomez is doing. (laughs) God, I'll bet her quarters are a mess. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just coffee stains all over. <laughs> Look, Sonia. Yes? I don't think you want to be around these control stations with that hot chocolate, do you? Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't even have this in engineering. Um, I'm going to go finish it over here. Um, in other Jenna news, um, she tweets in, I, I'm not smart enough to understand this, but she says, Sigh, I can't speak to the other science, but TNG researchers totally missed the mark on where the human visual cortex is. I don't know what episode that's in re- reference to. My guess is they point to a brain scan and they point to the wrong area. Mm. Charlie, I have a suspicion. Yes. It's one I've held for a while, and I'm, I'm going to go public with it. All right. I suspect Jenna might be smarter than us. But soon, everyone will understand what I can do for humanity. Uh, that is a... Probably a fair assessment. Yeah, like by, like a, like a long ways. Like a healthy stretch. We have emotional intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what, the, what they say? And like when you take those career prep stuff in high school, like, oh no... You do, you're bad at math and science and other smart things, but you know what? You're right-brained. Like, isn't that the whole right-brained myth to make us feel better? Because uh, we can't do algebra. You know, it's funny. On my high school, you know, um, vocational test, I got podcast host. <laughs> and <laughs> nobody knew what that was in 1994. <laughs> I think that might be it for set phasers to Jenna questions. <laughs> now, Which we didn't really answer any of those questions, Jenna, other than to say you were right. Riker is a stylin'. He's a stylin' bachelor. Yeah. You know, if you're a space bachelor, you're a space bachelor pad. It's got to be ready for any kind of disco-tacular love you might have. That's right. just good planning. I'll bet, though, uh, any number of the space beauties Riker got coaxed back into his quarters were pretty blown away by the sequin pillow. Oh, for sure. They're like, I didn't know. I didn't know you were that attractive. He's the like, light, oh, yes, I am. It's, you know, it's placed just right to where the light shimmer, the starlight shimmers off his pillows and trombone just so. And <laughs> the ladies are drawn. They're up. like, if you, if you think that's sexy, wait till you see my trombone. Thank you. Thank you very much. And a request tonight. I've always wanted to make love with an alien. All right. Now let's. it's time to set phasers to updates. Yay! <laughs> Listeners who listened to the last episode will remember our 20 shiny nickels challenge, uh, wherein we challenged <laughs> a very small group of people that we didn't think were listening to the podcast, uh, that we would send them 20 shiny nickels if they could prove that they did. Uh, and a friend rose to the challenge. Filmmaker. Actress. All around pal, Kim Diltz. Good good time gal. Good time gal. Kimberly Diltz uh, writes in, those 20 shiny nickels are mine. <laughs> so, Kimberly, congratulations. Uh, come, We're bashed and pleased. Come to either, uh, I think you have to go to the Iowa headquarters to claim your 20 shiny nickels. Yes. Iowa's known for corn, caucuses, and our nickel storage. Yeah, it is state law. I'm sorry I cannot dispense them here just 10 minutes from your house so <laughs> Iowa Iowa it shall have to be how do you get used to it they're telling you you hope you never do 
So that's a good one. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, Kim. Yeah. Kim, you proved us wrong, and we're, we applaud you. All right, well, that's been Seth Phases to Update. Um, <laughs> let's uh, now set our phasers to what's Bryce have to say? Oh, Bryce, another super fan. Yeah, Bryce. Uh, he is at Sandchicker on the Twitter. He tweets in. Um, he asked us to weigh in on somebody else's tweet. Uh, a woman named Tara Rose, who lives in Chattanooga, and she writes about television. She says, there's, a fo- there's two photos of Dwight Schultz. There's an A-team photo and then a Next Generation photo. She says, how can he be the best part of the A-team, but the worst part of the next generation? Now, I dispute, strongly dispute that he's the worst part of next generation, because there are objectively worse parts. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like, that's that's a kind of a high bar, the worst part of next generation. And I say this as an obvious fan of the show. Like, there's a lot of bad parts. This, Dwight, Dwight Schultz doesn't, he's, that's not fair. No, he's not in it enough. I would put Q's ridiculous um, headdress that he wears in episode one, season one, yeah, worse than than Lieutenant Barclay. Sure. Um, off the top of my head, Piscopo. <laughs> okay. Dar- I mean, Darmok. Well, that episode with the the racist Tasha Yar having to fight people. Take your pick of uh, you know episodes from the first two seasons. Yeah. That's right. Um, Dwight Schultz shows up. If anything, um, saves the show. Yeah. What about uh, um, worse than Dwight Schultz would be uh, any time that uh, a 19th century literary villain becomes sentient. Yeah. yeah. That goes. That's worse. Sure. Um, d- data being in plays. Worse. Yes. With the one exception of it's um, it's funny when they go in the holodeck and Dana looks like Friar Tuck and he has no hair. That's funny. Isn't that uh, that's a Q thing, isn't it? I think that's when Q stole everybody and made him be Robin Hood. Oh yeah, Q's the best. They were gonna kill Vosh. Q's in like top ten. Right. But Barkley is like bottom fifty. Like there's a lot worse. Yeah, I I think that like <clears throat> the episode where. Barkley gets superpowers is a great episode. Uh huh, for sure. All the Barkley episodes are great. Yeah. What's this person on about? Tara Rose, you don't know anything. You clearly, um, you clearly are. I don't know, huffing glue. Bryce, you're a friend of the show. Tara Rose, you're an enemy of the show. <laughs> you're on our enemies list. <laughs> I don't know you. You don't know me. You probably don't even know what this show is, but... <laughs> when we meet you, I'm going to plunk down ten shiny nickels, and then I'm going to withhold them. Ba-boom. That's what's going to happen. That's how we support our enmity. What if we put those nickels in a sock and... <laughs> <laughs> taught some lessons. That's extreme. That's too extreme. That is, that's a little extreme. That's too extreme. Especially since her point is that Dwight Schultz is charming on the A-team, which, P.S., he totally is. He is. I would also say he's not the best part of the A-team. That's clearly George Papard. Oh, George Papard. Now, teenage Megan was all over George Papard. Sure. As as would any 
right-thinking sentient being. In A-Team or in anything he was in? Well, A-Team for sure. Did you, like, But then you also a little Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, exactly. Breakfast at Tiffany's, George Pappard, hot. I See, I'm a big fan of the Mickey Rooney character. And <laughs> that. I always um, forget that it happens. And I'm watching the movie being like, oh, aren't they so beautiful? Ah! <laughs> yellow face. Weird. What? Did they Go ever do any yellow face, black face stuff on TNG? They did a lot of blue face. Well, there's that, but those aren't real. You know, those are alien. Alien face is fine. Yeah, but I think that's how they kind of got around it. Right. Like, they never really talked about race so much as they talked about alien race. I mean, I guess they had... I mean, Ricardo Montalban played Khan. That's not this show, but you know what I mean. They did have some French face, which I was not a fan of. With the little... The guy in the cafe in Paris. Boy, that episode's terrible. Oh, yeah, that episode is terrible. Worse than Dwight Schultz. Location Paris. Café des Artistes. As it appeared 22 years ago. April the 9th, 1500 hours. 3 o'clock. Warm spring day. Program complete. I'm reading about the guy who directed the uh, the African kidnap episode. His, it wasn't Chip Chalmers. No, his only episode, uh, Russ Mayberry. <laughs> and, then, and then he was like, this <laughs> may bury my career. <laughs> Zing. Surprisingly enough, the writer was not asked back either. Oh, mm-mm. Was it that easy? Could If you and I had been around Hollywood in 1987, could we have just written an episode of Star Trek and gotten it on the yeah. air? Yeah, I think so. Can I tell I you? I could have. That episode, Code of Honor, aired on my 10th birthday. What? October 12th, 1987. Look at you. That's fun. Turn 10. Watching bad episodes of Star Trek. I sure was. Any other ones? Uh, Relics also aired on my birthday. Wow. When's your birthday, Megan? December 11. Let's see what Megan's birthday episodes are. Well, you <laughs> almost got the Outrageous Akona. That uh, aired on December 12th. Ugh. They needed a day to kind of take a deep breath before they aired that one. They didn't seem to air a lot of new ones in December, I'm sorry to say. That's they, all right. I think they took that holiday month off. Yeah, they took it off to celebrate me in the birth of Jesus. You nearly got Chain of Command. That was December 14th. <sighs> so close. Um, and yeah, those are those are the two closest. Sorry. That's alright. That's okay. I'm alright with it. What were we talking about? <laughs> Tell me. Who am I? So, that's been Set Faces to Bristopher. Thanks for writing in. <laughs> So I just watched the episode um, where Alexander Ryushenko comes to live with Worf, you know, his little son. Yeah. And he's kind of a punk, but then at the end of the episode, um, Worf saves him, right? Because yeah. Alexander runs into, he w- can't stop playing with the space lizards, so he runs into the space lizard room, but then blah, 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 science. Worf's yeah. got to get him out of that room, and a big steel beam falls on his leg. Yeah. And, like, Worf and... Riker run in. They're like, we gotta move the steel beam! And together they can't make it. 
move. And so Riker's like, I'll go with something to help. And then Alexander's like, Father, my leg hurts. And Worf hulks out and lifts the steel beam off of the leg. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. You know what, Charlie? I got downright verklempt at that moment. I was like, oh, Worf. Look at him go. Like, I felt so moved. And then all of that goodwill was immediately squandered because they're trying to leave. They got, like, less than three minutes for this whole rescue operation before the whole room gets, like, you know, filled with ionic gas or whatever. And Alexander stops everything, and he's like, no, we have to save the space lizards. And Riker, instead of being like, shut up, kid, and running to the hallway, stops the rescue plan so he can go get their space lizards and rescues the space lizards. And like, hooray, they all made it out, and that's good, and the space lizards and everything. But I'm like, Riker, you need to get cold. Kids don't always get to have their space lizards and oxygen at the same time. Sometimes you have to make a choice. You have to make a hard choice. Yeah. Sacrifice those space lizards. Alexander could have learned something. Yeah, like, hey, maybe don't run in there. And get beams falling on you. Right. I mean, the space lizards would have been dead either way, I guess. Yeah, were they endangered or something? I don't know. Yeah, probably. I think so. Can't Beverly just clone them? They were like, they were being transported to some place. Right. There's a thing I thought this week. I want to talk about that. Okay. So, the Enterprise is the flagship of the Federation, right? It's this massive, you know, flying city, and it's, like, got all these armaments, and it can do everything, whatever. It goes like on... science war. Yeah, yeah. It goes on a lot of errands. <laughs> it, <laughs> it transports a lot of vaccines. It <laughs> has to go tell people things, etc. Shouldn't there be smaller ships doing this stuff while they're, like, really going boldly places? Yeah, they should be, like, drilling down into the core of planets in order to offset the geothermal whatever. And instead, they're like, I got some mail for you, Pa. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to bring this down. (laughs) Looks like somebody ordered a Sears and Roebuck catalog. Like, that Traveler episode's not great, but they go somewhere, and they never did it again, where they, well, they started once, but they they didn't... uh, they didn't go somewhere crazy. Yeah. There was minor it, mystery solving. The postal system must not be great in the 24th century. No. You would so, think that they would have, like, a way to, like, like, you know, beam mail places. Right? You would think you'd be able to, like, put the vaccines or the space lizards or whatever on a transporter pad. Just go zip, 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 like... Maybe yeah. you can't transport the whole way, but you could, like, puddle jump. Yeah, you, you, get to a, you get to a planet station, and then they warp you around. Yeah, I mean, it's just like UPS. Right. Taking the stuff to the, you know, the fa- sorting facility. You could, you could watch it, the tracking with the arrival scan. <laughs> sure. You know, it's in Cleveland. Like, you know, seems like... Instead, they're like, no, let's get our flagship battleships space citadel to carry this around. I just got an image of Worf in a UPS uniform, and that's pretty delightful. <laughs> like a giant cap over his thing. 
<laughs> and he still has this. He still has the sash. That's right. You will need to sign for this. <laughs> That's right. I am not allowed to leave. George. Thanks for listening, the people who do. Thank you for listening, everybody. Also, for me. <laughs> so, if you want to get in touch, we would love it. We are at Set Phasers Pod on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Set Phasers Too Fun Pod at Gmail. And uh, we would love to hear from you. If you would like to buy some merchandise, I keep saying this, but this might be your last chance. Maybe at the end of this month, it's going to shut down. But if you go to our uh, com, there's a link to it. Uh, it is setfazerstofun, with dashes in between all those words, .myshopify.com. Megan, do you have any Set Phasers to Fun merch? I do. I have a t-shirt that says anybody but Piscopo, but it doesn't, you can't really tell that that's what it says. Because I got the dark gray shirt and the printing on it makes it hard to read. But I wear it anyway. And that way I figure if you're in the know, you're either in the know and you'll get it, or you're not in the know and you'll just spend a lot of time staring at my chest, which is win-win for me. I like to objectify myself whenever possible. And to be objectified. Yeah, that's right. You enjoy the male gaze. I just, I can't get enough of it. I'm just constantly uh, in my sparkly bath towel, waiting for some out-of-phase virgin to run through. <laughs> That's just how it is. Uh, you're saying Jordy is welcome to run through your quarters at any time. I just assume he is. I just assume <laughs> there's some out-of-phase. I mean, that's the only way to live, is just to assume you're constantly being watched. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> so, uh, that's Set Faces to Fun episode 19, guys. Uh, uh, again, hit us up if you got questions. If you want, if there's something you want us to talk about, we'll do it. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Captain, it's all over you. Yes, Ensign, it's all over me. At least let me, sir. Ensign, uh, Ensign. Oh, Ensign Sonia Gomez.